Hello and welcome to Crowbar Colonel Panic, the podcast at the intersection of Linux and gaming. This is episode 43. Um, this episode is recorded, uh, pre-recorded, and will be released on YouTube, iTunes, and other podcast apps. Please like, subscribe, and comment however you prefer to enjoy the show. Um, that really helps. Thank you. Hey, the last the last two episodes did really good. Yeah. Yeah, we got like 50 new subscribers, which for us, that's like a 50% increase. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's that's like really good. Um, also, the both episodes got a, a pretty good bit of views compared to our previous episodes. So I am really appreciative of all the of all. I hope that people stick around and watch more episodes and uh, uh, we keep doing something right. We did something right there. Well, uh, yeah. There's not always Linus drama, though. You know, that's the thing. No, that was, that was a booster. But I mean, hey, <laughs> if it gets more people to see us, you know, that's that's the thing that matters. Yeah, yeah the uh, we need more uh, we need more drama in the tech industry. Well, there's our there's there's plenty <laughs> there's plenty there, but uh, we just don't always. It's not usually our vibe to talk about. Um, right, exactly. You can send us an email at crowbarkernelpanic at pm dot me. I, f- I forgot we did get an email you sent me. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, I did read it, but I gotta admit, I was, I was reading it on my phone in the shower. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't take any notes. I'm not prepared to talk about it this episode. We'll do it next week. Um, you can join us on discord, which, uh, that person was a member of our discord, right? Yeah. That was, uh, Dale, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. It was Dale. Um, so we'll talk about that next week. I think he was issuing us a challenge to try out another distro. So yes, definitely, definitely good. Challenges are always good show content, and there might be a Plasma Six challenge coming up because uh, because of the Plasma Six yes. Plasma Six release date. Uh, we're also oh, gonna be talking about a few other uh, Linux news items. Some Half Life. Uh, could it be Half Life Three? No, it's not. Mm. It's Half Life Two. <laughs> um, and uh, go over our Proxmox new games we're playing. And I experimented with VR this week and uh i was gonna do on a linux? whole thing for the episode on linux i was gonna oh. do a whole thing where i was gonna start the show wearing like the vr headset and you know pretend like i was i didn't have legs <laughs> or something <laughs> recording in vr <laughs> yeah yeah we should do if we ever do a vr episode we should do the like we meet up in one of those spaces and do a vr i'll just get my crappy like you know the 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 old vr thing that like you put your phone in oh. <laughs> it's just a head oh strap. yeah 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 dude i remember doing those for the first time and it was I, even that was like amazing i had the one uh there was like a samsung one that your phone actually a samsung phone yeah. could snap into yeah 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 i remember that works like really well but i wonder it, if it was just it because did. we hadn't experienced vr yet you know what i mean that could be i don't that know definitely could be and there's like kits on like thingiverse and uh you, you can like make your own and then slide yeah. a phone into it yeah yeah before we get into the news we're gonna do this article that just came out a few days ago i thought was interesting and it was related to a topic that we talked about last week um we talked about the Steam market share and uh, why you shouldn't care. Um, this <laughs> this article is five reasons why Linux is good for gaming in 2023 and why you shouldn't care. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It doesn't have the why you shouldn't care tagline, but it's uh, why is Linux gaming? Why is Linux good for gaming in 2023? Let's go through these five items and let's kind of give our, um, you know, our experienced, our seasoned linux gaming veteran opinion on it um and yes. <laughs> uh so starting number one linux supports more games than ever okay uh, starting off pretty strong yeah <laughs> uh the majority of games are still 
uh, released exclusively on Windows, but more popular titles have actual have actual Linux ports that can natively on that can run natively on most distros. Um, so, and not to mention Proton. So that this but, is very true. Um, are they talking about Proton? Or are they just saying native Linux games? Uh, they go on to talk about so Valve. They say um, in 2018. Okay, yeah, they did yeah, talk so they're about talking Proton. about Proton down there. Um, okay. So this is definitely true. This is definitely true. There yeah. are way more games compared to past, like present Linux and future Linux is way, has yeah. way more games available than past Linux. That's true. Yep. yep. To be fair, this article touches on the subject at the end, but the thing on all of these bullet points is, but compared to windows, <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's still like we, like it was still meant for windows first, you know? Right. Yes. I'm glad that the Steam Deck games, like that, are being, uh, yeah, not not designed for Steam Deck, but but that are being, I don't know, uh, translated to Steam Deck. I don't know exactly right. what you call it with Proton. You know, like being targeted for Steam Deck. Yeah, definitely. Um, that yeah, there's, actually, uh, there's well, a lot that, of things advertised now that like how well yeah. they work on Steam Deck. Yeah, right. That was one of my predictions uh, at one of our year end prediction right. sessions that games would actually start advertising they're available on Proton. Um, but like, that's starting to happen, actually. Yeah, and not only that, but games on Linux in general have improved because yeah. I, I don't I don't know if it's because they're using Arch or, or what it is, but I, I feel like games that didn't work before, once they get that Steam Deck approved title, they work easier on any other Linux distro, too. So, like... I, I kind of oh, yeah. sort of was hoping that was going to happen, but I, I had a bad feeling that it was going to be like just Steam Deck specific, but it doesn't seem to be that way. Yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely a huge improvement. So, I mean, you know, I'm being a little, little cynical uh, comparing it to Windows, but <laughs> I'm trying to be realistic. Yeah. But the, the truth is, is of the games that were originally intended for Windows, the percentage of, of those games that we're now able to run, uh, like native or native on on Linux is way that percentage is way higher than it used to be. Yes. Um so uh so that's that's a really good thing. If Valve holds a you know a steady market share with the Steam Deck and yeah. that stays a successful product, um and I I didn't put it in the show notes, but there was a, a recent um article. I should go find that actually and put it in there. Maybe we'll pause and I'll go find it. But there's a there's an article about people looking at the code for the Steam for Steam mm-hmm. OS and um, finding um, uh, references to Sephiroth, um, and uh, th- it, it's they're saying that it's a uh, it's it's code that's that is that is paving the way for like a future Steam uh, Valve device. Oh, and okay, okay. So we, you know, there's going to be more Steam decks, more yeah. more Valve devices um, coming. Oh, out. yeah, they they can't <clears throat> stop. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as long as that does well. Game companies are going to continue to design to support Proton, yep. which in turn supports Linux. So it's only going to continue to get yep. better and better. There could be a day where that percentage of games that doesn't work is so small that it's minuscule. Right. Uh, number two, plug and play support for many controllers. We have a news item about that. It's gotten even better since yep. this article was written. Yeah, I agree with that, too, because, I mean, I, I haven't had an issue on Linux with that kind of stuff for a while for the controllers. Yeah. Yeah, my thing is is everything works plug and play, but it's more rare to find the things that work uh Bluetooth. Yes. Yeah. 
I will I will agree with that. Although I have a controller that it's like a generic it's I think the name is GameSir or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. But it has an Android setting. It doesn't have a Windows setting. You have to use the uh-huh. dongle if you're on Windows, but the Android setting works with Linux. So I can attach it to my computer when if, if I switch to Linux, if I boot to Linux, it'll it'll attach to the Bluetooth with my controller. But if I go to Windows, oh. it will not attach to Bluetooth. Oh, <laughs> Same computer. Still, still using Bluetooth. <laughs> oh, wow. Pre-installed NVIDIA drivers on select distros. This is true. Okay. OS. Yes. It's a few times you install, especially recently. Nabarro, um, when yep. you install a distro, and it'll ask you if you're using uh, you NVIDIA. Can, I think uh, I think you can do that on Endeavor OS and um, Manjaro too. I think it's not pre-installed. I don't think, but you can select it easily. Yeah, or a lot of times they'll have a special ISO for Nvidia. Yes, that too. Yep. So that's true. And hey, that's something Windows does not have. Typically, you exactly. have to use. You have to pray they find a, a close enough driver, and then you go download the <laughs> Nvidia driver. At least for Nvidia, they've got that built in in some distros. Yeah. Recent drivers have improved shader compilation on AMD GPUs. Yes. I've never had an AMD GPU, so I wouldn't know for myself. Yeah. I wouldn't know either, but um I I don't know. I, I can't I can't say yes or no to this one. But um from what I've been hearing from yeah. the different news articles I've been reading and stuff, I feel like this is true. Yeah, oh yeah. The first line of this is kind of my uh of this article is my 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 assumption has always been that while AMD is more stable, Nvidia seems to have better performance if you can get everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything working. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh tons of utilities and tools and ain't that the truth. That is what uh Linux is all about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and it's gotten it's gotten in the last 5 years, holy crap, there's been a ton more I'm talking, it probably like quadrupled the amount of tools, um, specifically GUI tools. Yeah, it's it's been crazy with that. I, I've used several of those tools. Um, I can't remember what the one that we were using that you could see the frame rate and everything right on the screen as you're playing the game. Oh, yeah. Um, something HUD. Um, yeah, yeah, Mango HUD. Mango, Mango HUD. HUD, yeah. Yeah, that one was really cool. That was kind of like Afterburner um, on Windows. But way better because it didn't actually hurt anything <laughs> like your frame rate at all. <laughs> so light. Yeah. So the article goes on. It's final conclusion. Uh, is Linux better than Windows for gaming? Uh, with the recent updates to Proton, better support for NVIDIA, AMD, and decent utility tools, Linux is better than ever for gaming. Unfortunately, it's not good enough to beat Windows as far as gaming is concerned. Games. Uh, yeah. Games that use unsupported anti-cheat software. Yes, that is that is yep, uh, that is the Achilles the, heel. <laughs> Achilles heel. Yep. I was talking to a guy the other day leaving work. Um, this guy I did not picture. I I asked. He told me he was going home to play his game, and he said his game. You know, so I thought, I wonder what game he's playing. Um, and just judging a book by its cover, I thought yeah. he was going to say Call of Duty or something, right? And <laughs> he said he was going home to play Final Fantasy fourteen, and I was like, what? what? <laughs> I was like, I did not expect you to play or say something I was actually interested in. I expected something uh, <laughs> uh, a little more, a uh, little more shallow. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, he's going on to play Final Fantasy. I was like, whoa! But then he also said that he played, um, he played uh, the other MMO that's popular on Steam or used to be popular on Steam. I can't think of the name right now. But it, but I told him I said, oh, I can't play that because the anti-cheat is blocked on Linux and all of my uh, systems run Linux. So like, I can't actually, I can't actually run that game. So that is still, that is still the, yep. the big Achilles 
You may also encounter issues when you run DirectX 12 games on lower end rigs. We wouldn't know over here on uh, Crowbar <laughs> Kernel Panic. What's Us a low-end rig? Link. What is a low-end rig? What? <laughs> sitting here we with don't our know GPUs and <laughs> random GPUs in the background just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I uh, run into a wall on a game, I just pick this GPU off my my off of my uh, Bitcoin mining table and <laughs> slap that thing in my case. What are you? Uh, lower-end rigs. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Windows, even the games that, that do run via compatibility layer, like Proton and Wine, will usually take a frame rate hit. That's, yeah, I mean, that's true. Yep, yep. I, I think it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that wasn't interesting to go over. I just, um, we kind of talked about that last week. So it's, it's, it, I guess it begs the question of why are we Linux gamers? Yeah. <laughs> 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 After Why? spending five hours in front of the computer and then finally getting the game to work and then not playing it, I asked myself, "Why? Why did I do this in the first place?" Yeah, I, I, uh, I think that's an interesting. Uh, here's what I'll say: anybody out there that's a Linux gamer, write in and tell us why you are, or in a comment on yeah. this video, tell us why you're a Linux gamer. Um, I just find a comfort level with Linux outside of gaming, you know, yeah. and the games I play typically are not. You know, I, I don't. I, I find I find that I have good luck with the games that I play. I don't know. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, like Baldur's Gate. I've been playing Baldur's yep. Gate uh, three all week, and um, f- I mean, I can't imagine that it runs any better on Windows. I mean, it, it's it's yeah. fine. I, I'm and running I, it on yeah, Proton, and, and yeah, I'm even and, on Proton, and um, I'm using um, I'm using Wayland. I've been I've been using right. Wayland like for the yeah, last Wayland weeks. has come a long way because I have been too, but yeah. it. It, I think a lot of it has to do with the Arc GPU because mm. I've noticed since I switched to this Arc GPU, I like it. it I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about it. It's like it's it's just smoother. It's like the, one of those things you can't you know quantify, yeah. but it's just you know you know there's yeah. something different. Something's changed. It you know the the thing about I think that on Nvidia I always ran X X11. Anytime I would install yes. something, I would have to. Yep. I would have to switch, go to GNOME, and use GNOME with with X. Yep, something would would block you from using Wayland. Yeah, and, and recently I had an issue with, so I was playing uh, Baldur's Gate three, and that um, we have a news item about a Half Life two um, RTX version like release that they're they're working on, and it made me want to go back and play Black Mesa, mm, um, the Half Life yeah. remake that yep. they made in the Source two engine. And um, installing that game, I found that Black Mesa ran better in X versus Baldur's Gate. I had been playing for weeks on Wayland and just not even thinking about it. And so I switched. I logged out and switched to X11. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I logged back in, um, Black Mesa ran fine. But then switching back to Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate started running crappy again. And I what? said, oh, it's because I, I switched. It actually ran better on Wayland. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I like that. I like the yeah. Yeah, which which <laughs> kind of makes sense because Proton Baldur's Gate 3 was a major title release mm-hmm. and it was one of the ones that like Proton was like we want to work closely and make sure this works yeah. well on our system. Right, and, right. And the Steam Deck runs well. Right. Yeah. So it makes sense that it would. It I, does dude, make sense. I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't want to I don't want the I don't want our show is called Crowbar Colonel Pennant. Of course, that's a reference to Half-Life. 
Um, <laughs> and I don't want the show to just be like a valve, like apologist forever. If they ever do anything that I, that we think if is they ever we'll screw up, I I'm really be think even more critical of them. They are the saviors of, <laughs> of Linux gaming right now. For sure. Yeah. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Like I hate, I hate every episode we find something good to say about them, but I mean, it really is like a, when, but there is always something good to say about them. Like, yeah, there's, they're even there's, making Wayland better, man. Literally the only <laughs> thing bad I can say about them at all is that they have the same kind of policy that Apple has with the 30% that they take off the top. And oh, really? Like oh, okay. that, that kind of bothers me because like, especially like when I get cheaper games, is it really 30%? That's yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I'm pretty sure it's 30%. Cause I remember thinking, wow, that's, that's the same policy as Apple has on their app store. Oh, wow. But, um, I, I might be wrong. I, I'm pretty sure I'm correct though. I'm not going to look it up. I believe you. Uh, and, for the sake of this conversation, well, I believe you. Um, yeah. I just, every time I buy a cheap game, I'm thinking, oh man, I'm kind of like cheating out the developer a little bit, but hmm. <sighs> yeah the um but i'll say this so maybe this goes back to why we're linux gamers is it's not just that valve is improving wayland but it's also the opposite like right it all improve they all improve each other it's a community of development and i think that's what i like about it so much and that's why i root for it to succeed and i think that i'm a linux gamer over a windows gamer because for me, for for me, I'm interested in gaming. I have a P- PlayStation Five, and I, I don't give a crap what Sony does. Like, I'm not trying to like yeah. like improve the community around the PlayStation. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But when it comes to <laughs> yep. Linux, it's like I want to see it succeed. I want to see it do better yep. because, and I want to see articles like this, like talk about how well it's doing because it's something that was kind of built like like you know I'm not contributing to it because I'm not smart enough. But like it's it's like <laughs> we built this thing together. Like it's it wasn't just some corporate exec you know, like ask yeah. a bunch of yep. uh, lackeys to go um, yep. make the operating system better. And then uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. What you, I know what you mean, because it's like, yeah, the Linux community bickers and fights. But when like a big, you know, conglomerate comes against Linux, they all join up and just attack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> even with even if they're uh, at odds at the moment. <laughs> so, I, so I think that's yeah, I think that uh, that hits the philosophy is that it's not Valve that improved Wayland. Wayland improved Wayland improved improved Proton. Proton yes. improved Wayland. Like it's the, like just constant. Yep. It's, it's just, just a, constant it just feeds back, back into itself. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into some news items. We need to get through these news items. We do have kind of some uh, important news to to go through. So yeah, um, it looks pretty good. Yeah, let's uh other than one. <laughs> which one are you worried about? Which one? Let's do that <laughs> the one gnome, first. The, let's the, do the gnome, bad news first. The gnome oh. 45 breaks all extensions. Oh man, when I heard this, dude, I was like, man, I'm kind of glad I went to KDE. <laughs> oh, are you switched to KDE? I'm pretty much fully switched, dude. Like it's it's pretty nice now. Uh, I'm talking the last time I used it for real, it was probably like five years ago. So wow. it's been a while. I didn't know about that. I, I was going to suggest that we do a KDE challenge with the new version of plasma coming up, but you're, you're already doing the challenge. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, not plasma six though. This is, I'm still on five. Um, yeah, but, uh, it's, it's dude, it's, it's good. <laughs> well, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about, we got plasma coming up after this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gnome 45 
breaks all extensions. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so if you are a gnome extension maintainer out there, what are you doing to listen to this podcast? We're just a couple idiots. You need to listen to way smarter people than us. <laughs> um, but if you are a, uh, but really, if you are a gnome de- uh, extension developer, uh, you're, you're probably already, you probably already aware of this and you're probably already working on the solution, but um, yeah. gnome 45, they're changing the way they do JavaScript um, imports. And right. they're moving to a more modern um, module system. <laughs> the only thing I could liken it to is Ansible modules. Um, and so I'm, I'm imagining that this is like some sort of more modern, you know, API. Uh, right. For adopting um, extensions into the GNOME be, environment. It must be pretty extensive if it's, if it's literally just going to break everything. Like if you don't have it properly ported over. So so um, not only is it going to break everything if you don't have it properly ported over, but if you want to support past versions of GNOME, you have to maintain right. in a, a pre forty five and post forty five. Oh, so you got to have two different development um, yeah. releases. Oh right. man, um, and that's crazy. I understand. <laughs> while I don't understand the technical depth of what's happening, I understand sort of the. Uh, the issue at hand here, like there is a yeah. a, a code issue where you'll you'll get an, an error, um, you'll get a syntax error if they don't have the proper the the proper import selected or proper module, and right. um and so they have to manually change that. All of the all of the developers are going to have to maintain their version of their extension and make sure that they're using this new this new syntax. Otherwise, they'll get the error. I don't know. I, I can see how it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. But at the same time, it's progress, baby. I don't. I don't know. Yep. This just you got to move forward with software. Yeah, you can't you just, stay still. <laughs> unfortunately, so, it's a good thing, but it's just going to take a while for people to get used to it, and that's the whole thing. That that transition period is always a problem. Yeah, and there's going to be people who are going to leave GNOME now and be like, "Oh, this mm. is ridiculous." You know, this is going to be the big purge, whatever, yada yada. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong, but usually that's what happens, and then yeah. they'll come back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> once once things are fixed <laughs> or they get fed up with whatever the else they tried in this article i think they kind of give some instructions a little bit yeah down here they give some examples yeah, I see of something. syntax changes yeah and um i don't think it's like such a dramatic thing that as long as you have an active maintainer i think they'll be able to go in and do this that's the thing you got to have an active maintainer you know there's going to be people who use this extension that hasn't been updated since who knows when and yeah. they're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta have this extension. I gotta have it. And then, of course, it's gonna break, and they're just gonna be like, oh, oh well. <laughs> so it's only gonna affect you if you're on gnome, if you're on gnome forty five. So, yeah, if you're the type of person where you're not updating your extensions, you're probably also not updating your system. This is true. To even That's get true. gnome forty five. I didn't think um, about that, but yeah, yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. using Arch or something bleeding edge. You're probably not gonna touch forty five until these things have all been sorted out. So there'll be such a lag there for most people that yeah. I don't, I don't think it'll be an issue to the user, but it's probably a pain in, pain in the butt for these developers to maintain a past version and a, and a future version. And for how long, how long do they do that? How long do they support, yep. you know, GNOME 44? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or whatever. <laughs> well, um, for as long as Ubuntu, uh, what was that be? 20, 2004 is around, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, Have that's, ever, what I, that's literally what I would do. I would, I would be a hard cutoff, you know, like once Ubuntu 2004 is done, that's it. That's yeah. what I would say. But it, what this reminds me of is add-ons for World of Warcraft. And when there's a mm. new version of the game that comes out, it breaks all the add-ons. 
and oh yeah yeah all yeah, the yeah developers go and fix them well that's like that's the same thing with um rpg maker like if you oh, have yeah. plugins and they update rpg oh, yeah. maker oh, yeah, all your yeah. plugins break so you're yeah, like sitting the there waiting concept. for the plugin managers to and that's even worse because some plugins will work like there are old plugins and they'll work and then they'll change one specific thing that that plugin dealt with and then it will break so that maintainer might not be there anymore yeah so yeah it's it yeah it, it happens all the time with different software but and the um but the thing so recently i've played on a bunch of uh, private servers for world of warcraft and they've all right, been yeah. like old clients and so you have to go and try to find add-ons but for like really old versions Okay, yeah. And and so I, I don't know. This reminds me of that. I feel like there's gonna be a day where it's like I you know, I just need GNOME thirty for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I want that nostalgia back. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go back and find all these old <laughs> extensions, pre forty five extensions. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Not doom and gloom. It's progress, people. We'll get through it. Yeah. So Or just come with me to KDE. <laughs> that's a segue because our next item is gnome plasma i'm oh, sorry oh, that's weird um kde plasma 6 has a release date um and they have uh some more september uh plasma updates the release date february of 2024 which is five months away if that seems like a long wow. time it's because they are doing a lot of uh f- refining and cleanup it looks like they're going to do um some some uh code uh shrinkage by um less duplication like they're you know they're refining their code in such a way that they're they're not having mm. to duplicate a bunch of things that can just you know make something in one area and use it over and over again yeah like modules um, kind of mm-hmm. and um but the big news the big thing and the reason why i put this in the uh in the show notes in the first place is double click by default what Yep. So, oh man, there KDE is finally. <laughs> I don't have to change it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> KDE is finally coming to the rest of the world, and and putting double click as as the default because I, that was always the weirdest dude. KDE. I want to know who the heck's idea that was. Who thought? Who who decided for everybody that single click was. <laughs> It always gets me every time I will double click on a KDE on the desktop or whatever. And freaking two windows will pop up and I'll be like, why? (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. Cause it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Dude. It is so like that. Who decided that? I want to know why. And it's like, they're like, that's like their theme, you know? Like if, yeah, I want a KDE plasma t-shirt that says like, I, I, I single click forever. I single click. (laughs) Yeah. I want to do I want to do a plasma challenge whenever, uh, whenever it comes out. So yeah. um, Plasma six specifically. Yeah. I mean, I might try it before then, especially, especially if my distro installs KDE GNOME 45 and everything, (laughs) and everything breaks. (laughs) Then I'll, then I'll back out and try plasma. Guess I'll have to go to KDE to get my KDE (laughs) experience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start installing GNOME and changing the default click to single click. Oh, man. Yeah. What if they just switch? That's the new default should, 45. Just try to make a commit to Ubuntu for that. That's <laughs> such a I've always thought that was the weirdest thing. Me um, too. I, I immediately like, changed it anytime I used KDE at all. And and it used to be, it's less so now, but it used to be that whenever you sit whenever you described KDE to somebody, you'd say, Oh, do you want a more Windows like experience? Then install KDE. Yeah. 
because it would have a more you know it would you know they got like it the would task look more like the, Windows. Yeah, but but guess what? Single click. Like what? <laughs> what the heck? Functionality not so much like Windows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So they they list out a, a few other features. Um. So custom ordering of K runner search results, uh, printer KCM rewritten in QML. Double click by default, baby. You yeah. uh, tap to click. I'm guessing that's not like if you're on a tablet, tap to click, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, icons. Oh, that's that's for um. Sorry, that's for Go laptops ahead. for um uh touchpads. Oh, okay. No, no, that makes sense. I didn't think. I don't know why I didn't think of that. So if you tap it on a touchpad, do I want it to single? I think on a touchpad, I think I do. Right. It depends on the touchpad. If it's really really sensitive, I disable that. But but if I yeah don't now that's just tap like you don't click in the physical button that's just tap your finger on the yeah touchpad yeah yeah so i disable that if it's sensitive and if it's not i i enable it because sometimes it'll like triple click when i try to icons throughout plasma itself now uh, exclusively come from the system-wide icon theme that seems good seems like more reduction yeah Seem, seems seems um, like cohesive cohesiveness yeah uh support for automatic bug reporting in Durkanki. um that's another thing about KDE is everything has to like yep. start with a K or have a K. But somewhere. then you always have that random one that doesn't start with K and yeah. why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, and improved reporting for uh, uh, reporting flow in general. That seems like a good thing. Yeah. Auto start KCM shows details about entries. I don't know what KCM is. You know what KCM I don't know is? that either. <laughs> and then distros can now customize the first page in the welcome center. Yeah. Well, that's nice. So that all sounds good. Um, I'm willing to do a plasma six challenge in February and to double click the whole time. Yeah. The whole time. <laughs> um, so have you heard anything about this? The Ubuntu app center has, uh, just, uh, landed on Ubuntu 23.10. So I kind of knew about this, but not, I, I wasn't keeping up with it. Um, I knew they were making a new app center that was based. I think it's based on flutter or something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Right. Um, the, it looks really nice. The big difference, um, the big difference is that it actually is not supporting dev packages. What? Why? It is only going to be snap packages in the, in the store and burn it with fire. Right. (laughs) And that's why I thought this was news or newsworthy to talk about was only because of, only because of that. Otherwise they get a fancy new app store. Um, it looks really nice, but, um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're not gonna. They're not gonna make any kind of compatibility with Flatpak, which makes which makes sense. That, that makes sense. That I, I their, I'm okay with that, only because yeah. they're that's you know true to them. Yeah, and uh, but they're also even if it is in, um, even if it's in your repositories, like a Debian repository, that's, it is not going to be in the in the App Store. Which so is you, so you crazy. can still go to App. Obviously, you can still go to App to install oh, yeah. it. Good. Well, yeah. Uh, this so th- you know what this tells me. This tells me that one day, when they can, they're going to get rid of Debs altogether. You know what's crazy is I think we have to eat a little bit of crow here. I didn't think I'm literally <laughs> hitting the this is hitting me right now. I we gave a lot of criticism to Linux Mint for uh kind of being a little bit um paranoid about uh the Ubuntu base. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And their support of Debian packages. I don't know. Maybe they're this, onto something. Are they onto something? I don't want to be uh I don't want to be I, sensational, I, but I I I don't know. This is kind this of This is a, not a uh, good sign. I will say that. This is a check in that category, I think. <laughs> this is a box check because, in that Because well, this is this is why I this is why I even say that because it's the GUI 
installer for all your software, that is where 95% or more of your people are going to go for software. So guess what yeah. they're going to get? They're going to get a, no offense, crappy uh, snap package. Now, I say crappy because GUI snap packages, in my opinion, are garbage. <laughs> I just I haven't I, I've tried most recently probably like six months ago or I so I've even tr- tell you the last yeah I did I just I, I can't remember exactly what it was but I tried something it's probably LibreOffice or one of those and it just the theme was wrong the the, mm. the window mm. decorations were wrong I couldn't I couldn't save it to certain places and the file system it was just yeah, yeah it was just a nightmare so I mean they could have improved it by now but I don't know. I'm loath to linger on them too long, given that uh, development remains in flux. The big one is that at at the time I write this, and this is omgubuntu.co.uk, um, at the time I write this, there is no support for finding slash installing repo or deb software. Search for an app that is available as a deb in the repo, and it gives the example VLC, um, and you'll find no option to install it. Only the snap builds. Hmm. Um, the good news is that this is likely only a temporary omission. I don't know if I agree with them. Do you bunch on that? Um, there's a code pull request pending for app center, which sounds like it brings back the ability to install dev repo software. I hope so. I, so to me, what makes me believe, what makes me disagree with OMG Ubuntu is that the original version of this application, the uh, Flutter or whatever, yeah, it it did it it did let you choose which version you wanted the 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 Snap or the oh, Debian. Okay, and so this is like an an intentional omission in in a way, you know. Okay, um, so you're saying this exact application prior to this and prior versions of Ubuntu worked with... Oh, no, no. It ju- hasn't been in other versions of Ubuntu. This is brand new. This is this one yeah. specific build. Okay, but what you're saying but the, the old app version. that it's based on. The app yes, that it's... The app, yeah, right. It had that, and then they're taking, they've taken that out. So, hmm. so, yeah, it seems... I don't know. If it's a temporary omission, then, yeah, I, I feel bad that we made a big deal about this and it was nothing. Um, but it's just something, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, we need to, we need to, we need to check. We need, we need yeah. to watch for it to change and see yeah. if they, see if they update it by the next episode. I, I feel, I feel though, regardless of if it changes or not, eventually Ubuntu is going to go this way in the long run. They want, and when I say long snap, run, I mean like sure. 10 years, 15 yeah. years, if it's even around then, whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, do you think that the, do you think that the packet, package manager paradigm is dated do you think it's still a good paradigm so i i would say in the timeline yes it's dated but in reality i feel like it was something that was futuristic back in the day when it was new and even now it's it's something that windows is going to like there has been different versions chocolatey is one of the um things yeah. you can install on windows to, to install packages through the command line. Now they have Winget, which is funny yep. because the name is hilarious, yeah. <laughs> but um, oh, that, that's their own that. package yeah. manager. Um, so I, f- I feel like Linux in that manner was future forward thinking. Like that was how it should have always been, yeah. especially for, for um, admins and all that stuff. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. That's my, the old way it feels archaic. This is another, this is another thing that harkens back to the first topic of the show of that. I, one of the reasons I like Linux is because when I use windows and I, I'm like, 
oh, I need to install this application. So I got to go to some website and I got to download it. And then I got to yep. install it. And during the installation, I got to make sure that I uncheck the boxes that say to also install this toolbar and, you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. and, and then and then finish the installation. And then I can launch it on my computer. That just feels so, like, after using that Linux for feels a long archaic. Time, that feels archaic. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. I, I think that that has been, like, in a way, you could make the argument that that has been one of the, like, most innovative things that Linux has done. Yep. And so why are they trying to turn this process on its ear? I can make an argument on the other side, although I still I think that I'm still of the camp that I I think it's important to keep. I, I forget the wording. I think it's important to keep what we have now, but I can make yeah. the argument that so Snaps is supposed to be um, kind of like what App Image is, where it's like we packaged everything that you need to run this into yep. this bottle so that it will run every time, no matter what. And yep. a developer only has to target that one bottle, and they don't have yep. to worry about all the other possibilities. Right. I get that. Yep. But I think in practice, we've seen so many examples where that's not the case. And it, in some cases, it may complicate things. Yep. And I, I, just, I, I, don't know. I, I agree with the containerized application. Like, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. It's just Ubuntu tried to do it on their own instead of improving something that existed. And I don't like when they do that. It, I it, want them to support yeah. the community. And you know, another thing is, is like, uh, this is something I've kind of learned as I've gotten older is that every problem doesn't have to have the same solution. Right. Like in politics, people are like, they, they I believe in the free market, you know, or I believe right. in, in the public, uh, you know, like whatever it is, you can say that's the right thing in these scenarios, but then mm -hmm. not the right thing in these others. You don't right. have to be committed to like, Oh, this is the answer every single time. There is no yes. other solution. And, and so maybe there's situations where, a containerized deployment makes sense, mm. but it doesn't, you don't have to fit it to every single situation, no. you know? Agreed. Um, yep. But anyway, so now that we've probably just blown something out of proportion next week, we're going to find out that, that, uh, <laughs> that pull request. That's <laughs> <laughs> eh, all right. Make them sweat a little. I say I'll check on it and try to find out by the next episode. Yeah. I'll probably hear about it before the next episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pharonics. I'm not showing ads because we're on the stream. It's not because I don't want to support you. Oh my, they went through anyway. So don't worry. Get all the lows. Labor You're day still ads. getting support. <laughs> released uh, an update since this one even. Um, but they're saying basically the same thing. So 6.6 .6 has improved uh, uh, controller support support to the point that you're able to use controllers that may have just been garbage before, which I think is why you posted yeah. this in our Discord because you know you were glad to see that these things were going to end up in a landfill. You can yep. actually use your Stadia controllers, which um, if you remember the short-lived Stadia, um, the, the game streaming <laughs> service by Google... Um, and then also the, the Nvidia Shield, which is a similar, <laughs> a similar controller. But these uh, peripherals now work. I actually to... didn't know there was a the Nvidia Shield controller. Yeah, I knew Nvidia the Shield, Shield but I didn't know the controller was a thing. Yeah, I, I actually never seen this controller before either. Um, uh, oh, and this has actually been since six point five brought the Nvidia Shield controller driver. Ah, so that's actually nice. That was actually already in place before six point six. Um, but they also six point six added. The Stadia controller, and then there's actually one other. I'll put it in the show notes. Let me click on it. I can, I can say one thing here that I, I again appreciate Linux Mint. I really do. 
Don't get me wrong here, but I am so glad that I moved on to a more modern distro because I can now appreciate these Linux kernel updates now. Oh yeah, because yeah. That's the I'm actually getting being them. On a bleeding edge. Yes. What are you using these days? What are you installing? Oh, you're using Fedora, right? Yeah, typically I'm on Fedora, um, which isn't bleeding bleeding edge, but it, yeah. it's definitely a lot newer than um, uh, Linux Mint would be, unless of course you install third party um, or the you know the mainline kernel, I should say. I'm back but, on Arch, but uh, yeah, it's because of uh, I, I installed Pop OS. And then mm-hmm. before we even did the next episode for me to talk about it, I switched back to Arch because, but it was because <laughs> of, it wasn't anything wrong with Pop OS. It's because I was trying to get the VR headset to work, but I'll talk about that in our ramblings here in a minute. Um, so they also extend um, XPad driver. Um, so the XPad driver on Linux, which is what you okay. use whenever you're using like a Xbox right. controller, um, right. they've extended its flexibility so that it actually works with like even like third party Xbox oh, nice. controllers and things, which I didn't know nice. didn't work before. Um, yeah, I never, well, I never used a third party except for that. Right. This actually, that, where's that? I'm not sure which one you're looking at here, but that one that's on your screen, that, mm-hmm. that game, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one that's, I have a, that brand controller and it works. Like I said, that works great on Linux. Oh, ah, yeah. Um, this one that they've got on the screen here is the game, sir, T4 Khalid controller. Yeah, that's not the one I have. RGB controller that's only around $40. Um, And apparently, so if you, if out there, you're on kernel 6.6 and you've got some funky controller in your closet that you've never tried before, or you tried it a few years ago and it didn't work, man, pull that bad boy out. Yeah. Try it again. Fire it up. Get it It charged and connect it. It might actually work now. (laughs) All right. So uh, the last news item, most exciting. The one I'm the most excited for. This this is uh, Half Life Three, not really. <laughs> so I don't really know. This was it was kind of I just saw this video um, promoted to me on YouTube, and I hadn't heard anything about this. I haven't either. This is the first time I've heard of this. But this is the Half Life RTX, Half Life Two RTX, and an RTX Remix project. Um, Orbifold Studios is a collective of developers who love Half-Life um, formed by teams behind Half-Life 2 VR. I've seen this Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Half-Life 2 remade assets, project 17 um, raising the bar redux. I was, I was checking to see if they were also behind um, the game I was talking about earlier, the um, black Mesa, but they would have listened here. That must be another team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they're doing a, uh, Half Life Two, and they've got that's, this demo video. Just that's just freaking cool, though. Dude, this demo video. I'm turn the volume down. I don't know if the music will get us. Yeah, I better I better actually mute it because I don't know if the the music will get us or not. But this shows you the uh, the comparison between the original game, which I don't remember the original game even looking that dated, um, and then their their upgraded wow. version, and it looks so much better. Yeah, um, that lighting is just crazy. Yeah, and then, of course, someone pointed out, uh, rightfully so, that whenever they show the uh, desk coming up, that there is a uh, there's a trackball. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the trackball though, so maybe they got me. I don't know. The 3D printer making a cactus. Oh, trackball keyboard on the original version before it changes. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> nice. Maybe that's what they're pointing out. <laughs> 
So this will be a lot of fun. Uh, this comes out. Yeah, definitely. I, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I love that they're doing all these remakes with the RTX because I know, I know at first RTX to me was all hype. Yeah. But after playing several games, including Witcher with RTX, holy crap, you can't go back. Oh, wow. But just the lighting is so good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome, man. Half Life. I don't know. Maybe it gets its roses. I was going to say it's a, it's like the most, it's so underrated, but maybe it gets its roses. Roses. PC gamers love Half Life. Oh but yeah. I feel like the the non PC gaming world they don't know. They don't know. Half-Life. They don't understand, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think it gets enough credibility from the PC gamers though that I can't say it's underrated. It's it's rated. It's right where it should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I tried VR this week and it's related to Half-Life because I only want to play Half-Life Alex and then I think <laughs> <laughs> Once I get a VR headset to work long enough for me to play Half Life, Half Life Alex, I'll return it. I'll try to beat Half Life Alex in thirty days. That way, I'm still within the return policy of whatever. Now that's I buy. a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a really good challenge. Let's see if we can buy, dude. I will do this. Let's see if we can buy a headset and then beat Half Life Alex and then return With- the headset. I tried the uh, Meta Quest Two, which was like the cheapest VR headset. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Now the Meta Quest Two connects to your phone does not connect to your computer oh okay i didn't even know that <laughs> yeah so it's basically like a bunch of vr phone apps uh phone games but they got a lot of games and i, I only tried one game um that's also on steam so if you have a steam vr headset you can use it and i think right. i didn't try it on windows but i think on windows the the quest would have connected to steam vr i'm not sure about i didn't try it so mm-hmm. i don't, I don't mm-hmm. know i can't say for sure but I know that people do play because the reason I got the Meta Quest 2 is because one of my coworkers who has played Half-Life Alex did it on his Quest 2. And oh, okay. but he's he's on Windows. And so he used right. some I think he uses an application that connects your Quest 2 to Steam VR and and then you can play it through this middleman. Mm-hmm. Um well, there is an application similar to that on Linux called ALVR and I have a link to their git in the show notes. Um, ALVR is, that's exactly what it does. It runs an ALVR server on your computer and you install an ALVR app on your, on your quest Two. And in order to do that, you have to put your quest Two in developer mode and you have hmm. to use a, uh, oh, man, side you're, rooting the, you're rooting the, yeah, you're <laughs> rooting quest. your quest too. Um, <laughs> and you have to use a, uh, application called side quest to install ALVR onto your that's Meta awesome. Quest. Yeah. I love that. I love that name. Side quest. Yeah. Side quest. <laughs> um, and I did all that. I got the server running. I never could get the two to connect. Um, on pop OS, it was, they were on the same versions. They saw each other. My, my mm-hmm. quest two would show up on steam VR when I would launch steam VR in steam. And then I would launch the game and the game never would recognize that I had a headset plugged in. Oh man. That's mm. so dang. So then I watched YouTube videos about it and there's lots of YouTube videos of people doing it successfully. There's even people doing it successfully there always is. on there's even people doing it successfully on the uh Steam Deck. You can you can get really? a MetaQuest 2, install ALVR on your Steam Deck and on your MetaQuest and then connect your Quest 2 to the Steam Deck and just oh use gosh. that. But the performance is low because the Steam Deck ah. gets hot and all that. Yeah, um, right, right. Okay. But I still could try I still could try that. Um, because I could, I could try it with my steam deck. 
Um, but I just thought, well, if I install Arch on my desktop, then mm. I'm getting closer to what the Steam Deck is, and yeah. Um, so I'll you know I'll do that instead. And I also saw YouTube videos of people getting it to work with Arch, so I said, okay, seems like that's the way to go. Um, well, when I installed Arch, the mm. ALVR version on my desktop was newer than the one that I had installed on my quest. So I had ah. to get those in sync with each other. I never got, I, I finally got them on the same version and they still wouldn't, then they wouldn't connect with each other. It was just, yeah, I never got it to work yep. and trying to do the dance didn't work out. Yeah. And I was at the end of my 14 day return policy, um, Thursday. And so I just said, you know what? I, if I, if I hold on to this one more day, I can't return it and I'm not going to, I don't want to yep. buy this and not play Half-Life Alex. Whatever whatever <laughs> VR headset I get has to play Half-Life Alex or I don't want it. And yep. and so I went ahead and returned it. But the other idea I had, if I had more time, there was a if Best Buy had a 30-day return policy like they did whenever I worked there versus now they have a 14-day um or 15-day. Um the next thing I was going to try was my Proxmox Windows server running Steam VR. Ah, and AL, and and That would have uh, been interesting. Yeah, and you know what? I bet that would have worked. Honestly. I bet. <laughs> I bet it, it would have worked. Um, just use just use Windows in headless mode just to get it working, so you can get the visual on the. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> the use that as a monitor. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I didn't get much. Uh, I don't have much a review for the MetaQuest Two, except for if you're a Linux gamer, don't go out and buy one for uh don't just, touch it with a 39 and a half foot pole if you already have one <laughs> or someone's giving one away they're about to get a lot cheaper because the uh, metaquest 3 is coming out like in like, oh a month yeah or two. yeah um but uh if 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 you get one on the cheap it's worth trying alvr because because there are success stories but i was not one of those people i couldn't get it to work but the thing about the steam vr is you have to put those sensors up in your room the metaquest you don't have to do that yeah but it probably is more accurate oh i'm sure uh, it's a lot more accurate. the the uh, The controller actually does all your digits, you know. Whereas yeah, the Quest that's only does far your, superior. Your, yeah, you could flip somebody off and and half life out. <laughs> you can't do that with the Meta Quest. <laughs> um, so uh, I, you know, there was a news item I alluded to earlier where some people were looking into the code of um of the Steam Deck uh, of of Steam OS. And right. there seems like there's references to other devices. Um, and it's okay. really funny because they're also Final Fantasy VII references. Um, <laughs> but uh, the belief is that it could be that it's a successor to the Steam Deck. I, I hope so. That's going to be so cool. My my theory is I feel like the Steam, the VR headset, Valve's uh, Steam VR, is getting pretty long in the tooth, man. That thing's been out for yeah. a while. It and has been. It has good specs, but it also it requires a wire to your computer. It requires the sensors, and it it's like you know the MetaQuest doesn't require any of that. Um, and while the specs are lower, it's you can just slap it on and use it anywhere. You don't need any kind of setup. So, yeah, I feel like I feel like if if Valve were if I were involved at Valve trying to pitch what our next product idea should be, it would be a it'd be a Steam VR two. Hey, maybe it's going to be the Steam Deck version of yeah. their VR, like the cheaper, like they learned like, oh, well, maybe we should just, you know, make yeah. this for cost yeah. Yeah. and get people to, on, on the platform. Yeah. And then they make Half-Life 3 in VR. Yes. Dude. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. That would be, dude, at this point, they can never make Half-Life 3 because it'll never live up to the hype. You know what I mean? No, never. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
but yeah, so that was my experimentation. I had I I I haven't given up, but I returned I returned the MetaQuest. I don't it's I don't, a meta product. I mean, I wouldn't give it yeah. too much credit. The only thing left that I want to try <laughs> I should just buy a Steam VR, but I'm worried that a new one's going to come out soon, and then I will have bought that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, if they I, don't I, announce, don't blame me there. I don't know if they don't announce anything. I don't know when Valve would. Valve is so like they could just. There's no track record for them. Like, they could just say as, they could just say okay, we we made a new VR headset and it's available now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's yeah. no telling. Yeah. There's no. No. Um. I mean, I guess they would do something similar to what they did with the Steam Deck, which was like what four months four. Yeah, four to six months. It wasn't like a long lead time. No, but it had but they don't have like time. a conference that they that they always yeah. release stuff like Apple or whatever or Google. Yeah, so it's you can't predict it. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I want VR to work because I want to play Half Life Alex, but I don't want to buy a Steam VR, and I don't know what to do. If anybody has any suggestions, uh, write in and tell me what headset you know will work with. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It might it might be my my Intel Art card. There's a Steam VR oh, yeah? test application you can install, and it mm. says my card is fine. It runs, and it says you're all set up. You just need a headset. But it's talking about it's talking about the Valve headset. I'm sure it's not yeah. talking about running ALVR on your PC and connecting to it. Right, exactly. Yep. So I don't know. My only other option is to run the one uh, Windows and a Proxmox VM and try that. Yeah, but I'd have to buy another one on another return policy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did play a really cool game uh, called Moss. Yeah, I was looking at this Moss by Polyarc developer. Um, it's a, a a VR only game, and you play as this like spiritual being, um, kind of like figure that this mouse mm-hmm. can see, and it's like a puzzle platformer with RPG elements, but. Um, you, you play, you control the mouse with your left hand joystick. And then with your right hand, you control this like godlike, you know, like wisp Hmm. and you have to, the mouse you'll need to use both your, um, your spirit wisp powers and you'll need the mouse to like go through all these like platforming puzzles. Nice. And, um, it's a, uh, it's a cool, it's, it's a cool, like, um, like feeling being like in the middle of the game, you know, usually when you see VR games, they're like first person shooters, killing a bunch of zombies and and that sort of thing. That doesn't really appeal to me that much. I'm not really interested in the like fighting games or the shooting games, that sort of thing. I kind of want, I kind of like the aspect of VR as being like an immersion thing, but not necessarily like I actually want to act out what's happening. I just want to play, even if it's third person, like this game, you're controlling a mouse. Um, Even though it's like third person, you still are like set in the middle of the environment and you can look around and look underneath things. And you may have to kind of like lean over and and look into this like tunnel to see that there's something Ah. blocking and you got to move it for the mouse. And like, it is really cool. And And it's so like, like the mouse like sees you, but none of the other animals in the environment sees you. Um, interesting and so he'll like come up and look at you and interact with you and stuff that's pretty cool it's a really it's a really unique experience um for playing a game yeah i've I've never heard of a vr game like that yeah and it's probably the only vr game i've really played because i like i said i spent all my time trying to get it to work with my pc and i never got it to work and i actually bought this on the meta quest um app it was like it was twenty dollars 
And I own the game, and I don't own a quest, so I can't play it. <laughs> um, I don't think it's worth keeping the quest just for because uh, I don't think I'd like most of the games on the quest. I think, yeah, I think this was an exception, and you can get it on Steam. And uh, like I said, should I if I get a Steam VR, then I could play this. So I just had to buy it again on Steam. But but yeah, definitely, if you have a VR headset, you're probably already aware of this game because there's not many VR games, so you kind of know them all. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's really cool, really neat concept. Um, really unique, and there's a second one too. There's a a moss and a moss too. Oh, interesting. Yeah, cool. So, what about you? What did you? Uh, what have you worked on this week? Uh, well, I I guess I can talk about my uh, game that I uh, got. I got uh, Crosscode. Now, I wasn't like, I didn't hear about this. I shouldn't say I didn't hear about this. I didn't get like an ad for this or anything like that. I actually heard someone else on another podcast talk about this and I thought, eh, okay, maybe it sounds fun. I don't know. The, just the name was intriguing because, you know, obviously I didn't really see it because I recognize this game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So I just, I just bought it on a whim because it was on sale. You know, I think I got 11, it was like 11 bucks for the deluxe edition. And um it's pretty cool. It's like it's like a retro style game. Um you it's a it's like a shooter RPG kind of situation. You can also, you know, do melee attacks and stuff, but you have a, like a I don't know if it's an energy gun or what exactly it is yet cuz I haven't played much of this game. But um you got to do puzzles and all sorts of stuff like that and I I kind of really bought it because it really does resemble a older style game like an RPG maker type game but I believe and I don't know if this is true or not but I believe it's made in in Godot it feels like and looks like it's made in Godot I'm not I couldn't you know swear to it but yeah I don't know but yeah it looks pretty cool it looks like a good story driven game yeah it's been this is one that's been advertised to me on my um on my steam uh suggestions list or whatever yeah i'm surprised i've never gotten this game advertised to me yeah i think i have a few times or at least i've seen it maybe on the homepage or something i do like the look of it real classic looking yeah it's it and it's really smooth like the gameplay is so smooth like i I don't know how to how to describe how smooth it is it's just i know they nailed it (laughs) on that yeah, but yeah, but I, I, I'm like still in the tutorial. I haven't even gotten out of the tutorial yet, so I don't really know how the game works yet. Yeah, you know, fully. So with those um, uh, like low poly games like that, I've watched a few game dev videos where they talk about how, especially like with platformers, mm-hmm. like really honing in the controls and like you know, yeah, all the exact percentages of you know, jump speed and being able to grapple and all this, like mm-hmm. they, they, those types of games, they really fine tune that to, to make it feel good. seems like the feeling is like, like the majority of what's important for those. those yeah. Titles. And I mean, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. So I give a, a Proxmox update. Um, I did work on the Proxmox server since we talked about it in the last episode. So in the last episode, I had just installed Proxmox. I hadn't done anything else yeah. yet. Yeah, you didn't do anything else to as far as I know. You might have installed Windows maybe, but I don't I don't even know that I had that. done that yet. I think basically yeah, I, I don't just know. had Proxmox. So so right after that episode I installed Windows. Um and I gave that VM sixteen cores, which is basically the whole uh CPU. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave Windows it sixteen gigs of RAM, which I don't know. Maybe I should I mean sixteen's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the reason why I hesitate is because like if I'm giving it 16 cores, then basically I'm saying whenever I run this VM, 
I only want to run this VM. So why yeah. not just give it everything? If I'm not planning on utilizing anything <laughs> else during that time, why not just give it everything? Um, but but I only gave it 16 gigs. And just to test that theory, I ran another VM while I had that one running, and it didn't mm-hmm. say like, "Oh, you're out of cores" or anything. Like I don't know how. No, because it virtualizes them. So it, yeah, it's, it, you you have like in theory infinite cores, but at the same time, it'll mm-hmm. like super hurt your performance if you try to like. Like, let's say, give another Windows PC or Windows VM with I'd 16 cores. Right. I duplicate that <laughs> you, VM and try to run both you, of them at the same time. You'll really notice <laughs> a difference then. But yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. So because I thought it was going to give me some kind of error message saying like, oh, you've used up all your cores. Um, but uh, it, but it, it it runs fine. It, it's 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 the trouble I have with it is actually connecting to it and using it headless Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. um, any sort of remote desktop access I try to use with it, there's like some sort of lag or hesitation or, or it works perfectly, but audio doesn't transmit. So like Mm -hmm. I can't actually use this PC, this, the, I can't use this monitor mouse keyboard to operate that PC. I can, but right. But I only can poorly, you know? Um, Right. And so I think I've decided that I'm basically just going to pass through a uh, mouse and keyboard. I already have a monitor beside me hooked up to it that I, it's always up. So I'm just going to pass through a mouse and keyboard and just use it like it's its own desktop. You know what I mean? Right. And that's probably a better experience than trying to remote into it and, you know, edit video. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's remoting in is good for certain things, but yeah, especially for video editing, I, I'm sure it's probably crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I used, I'll talk about the things I went through. Um, oh, the video pass through was super easy. I was scared of that before I started this project. It was super, super easy. I watched That's a YouTube great. video. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I'll try to go back and find that YouTube. It's been like two weeks though, but I can probably go back and find it. Um, just by trying to do a similar search and trying to find it. But, um, if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes, but I, I followed a video of a guy that did it and it was literally just like, you just, you just say you want to do video pass through and you select that card and then that's, that's like, that's it. Um, yeah, right. And, um, so first I used, um, Remina, Remina, R E M M I N A, which yeah. if I just went to software center and looked up RDP, it was like the, the main thing that came up. So I installed it and tried it yeah. and it worked and it actually has pretty good performance, but I could never get the audio to pass from the, from the guest to the, ho- or I could never get the, the, the audio to pass through my PC to the remote PC. Yeah. And, right. Right. Um, I tried every audio setting, every different way, hmm. couldn't get it to work, but otherwise it, it had really good performance, but I can't edit the podcast and not hear it. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave up on that and you told me about rust desk. Yes. Um, which seems like a really good, like it solution. Like if you, if you're trying mm-hmm. to mimic like a VNC uh, desktop, um, you know, right. viewer for support, this is a really good application. Not only um, so the way it works is uh, you you send um, you send a link to whoever you're trying to connect to, and they download a client, and then is you're you're already running a client on your PC, and then they give right. you like a key to pass to each other, and then you can connect to each other. And if you do it that way, you're using like a public bounce server to connect. Right. But you can run your own Rust um, server. Um, so that's what I did. I set up a Rust uh, VM 
and it's running on Ubuntu server. And uh, whenever I connect to my Windows VM from my Linux desktop, it's mm-hmm. doing it through that Ubuntu de- uh, Ubuntu hmm. um, server VM as the hmm. Rust desk bounce server. Um, and that immediately gave me audio. I didn't have to make any changes. Audio, nice. audio works fine. Video works fine. Everything seems to work okay. The only thing I don't like about it is that like every time you connect, you have to go through mm-hmm. that like passing the key process. Like you have to put in the password. Even if you say save mm-hmm. password, in my case, for some reason, I'm generating a new password every time. So I have to, I have to do huh. it again. Um, and that's probably a okay. setting or something I could set. But um, I think I've ultimately decided that while it's great that I know how to do that, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pass through USB mouse and keyboard and just use it as a desktop. I'm not gonna try to use one PC uh, to control both. So yeah, it's just it's just a way better. Experience yeah, well, I way. mean, you gotta you gotta do yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do if it's if it's not the way you want it. Just you gotta do you what know, you, you gotta, gotta do. Um, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. The uh, the uh, the thing about it is is that's a 1080 uh, 1080 monitor. And so even whenever it does stream to me correctly, I have a window inside my 4K monitor. You know ah. what I mean? So I can't, str- mm-hmm. and if I stretch it out, then it's like blown up. So it's just easier yep. just to use that monitor, you know? So yeah. I'm just yeah. going to, I'm just going to do it that oh, way. Oh yeah. That's, oh man. Yeah. That is another hard scenario there. Hmm. Ah, oh, that stinks though. I mean, you got close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder if I used one of those HDMI tricker things. Like you plug this mm-hmm. little HDMI thing into your graphics card right. so it thinks the monitor's plugged in. I wonder right. if I use that, if I would have more freedom to choose the resolution I want versus right now I'm using a real monitor so it has a real resolution. You, you might know? be right there. That could probably work. Yeah. You, you'd, you'd be able to trick it into thinking it was a 4K monitor. Yeah. Or hmm. I wonder if they. That's a good idea. Yeah. I wonder if they make those where they somehow give a response back to their 4k monitor. I don't, I don't know if that's how it I works bet they do. I bet they do. Or, or I didn't think about this. Oh boy. I could just run an HDMI cable to the second HDMI input on my monitor. <gasps> Dude. Yeah. That right there. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I should do, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then That'll I have work. the, the question of mouse and keyboard. Do I do pass? I through? would suggest, <laughs> I would I would suggest to you get a USB switch or a KVM or whatever you want to yeah. call it. I have one that I use and it's got four inputs and two uh wait, yeah, no. I've got I've yeah, two got outputs. Um, okay, okay. That yeah, could work. I've got one. I, I got one back in twenty twenty when I first started working from home. I thought that was gonna be yeah. my solution for um for switching between my laptop and my desktop. And I always hook it up and then end up getting rid of it because um, I don't like the way it works with other things. Like I don't, I, and I can't, I don't have a good example right now, but it seems like I was either having right. audio trouble when I would switch or there was just, there was always some mm. issue I'd have where because my mouse and keyboard is plugged into that device and then it's plugged into my PC. I, I don't know. I can't, I kept ditching it. Um, I know, I know what you mean because I can't have certain things plugged into it. Like I only do the mouse and keyboard and this camera. That's it. Because if I try to do like my audio interface, you give it up. It's not going to work. You have to plug that in physically. It was something like, I know what you mean. It was something like that. The reason why I kept getting rid of it, but, uh, that could be a good solution. No, that'd be, that would be definitely a good idea. (sighs) 
But anyway, so that's where I'm at on the Proxmox. I want to, the next thing I want to dive into, I, I'm actually okay with just, with just, I'm going to have to do that to edit this video. So yeah. I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to um, route the USB device plugged into the host to the guest. That way I can use mouse and keyboard. And right. um, then it'll be just like sitting at, uh, you know, my desktop before, but it'll be running Windows and um, I can, and I can uh, edit the show. And especially all I'll use that VM for, which has got me thinking, why do I even, why don't I just use Linux to edit the video? I've been like lately, I used to use Adobe because we would do the mm-hmm. automatic deleting of the, of the um, silence. And mm-hmm. I quit doing that because it would do some weird edits sometimes. And okay. And especially since we started using Riverside, for some reason it didn't like the way Riverside does its audio track. So I quit okay. doing that. And so really I'm just using it as an audio editor. I mean, as a video editor now that I could be using Caden live for. Um, hmm. But the way Adobe works, you like lock yourself into a certain time period. And right. I tried to cancel. If I could have canceled my account, even if I had to pay a small fee to get out of it, um, I would have paid a little bit to get out of it. And then I would just use Caden live and just forget the whole windows editing or video right. editing uh, VM. Um, but they wanted like a hundred bucks for me to cancel my, my G. Yeah. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just, keep man, they get the- you coming and going literally. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, I think that I just, I'm so close to the, I think if I was further along then it would, it gets cheaper as you get closer to the, the end date or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm stuck in it now, oh, baby. Man. I'm a, I'm an Adobe user. I might as well, I might as I might as well pretend to like it because I'm in there. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to be interested to see how this, this plays out. Cause I feel like this is going to be a pretty darn solid setup. Yeah, no, it's good. It's way overkill for any other VM I would need to make anything I would need to make for home yeah. assistant or anything. <laughs> it's, it's way overkill. Um, because I, I basically designed a, a hypervisor around editing video and most people run a hypervisor on their Raspberry Pi. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's way overkill. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to use. What if the only thing I had running was like Pi Hole? <laughs> just Pi Hole. Yeah. A, <laughs> um. So how many cords did you get? Pi Hole sixteen. <laughs> I'm just piping everything out there. Nothing. Um. So the uh. So now I, I need to look into backing it up. I need to look into backing up my VMs. Yeah. Because I can already tell you that uh, I've had this thing off for a few days and I just turned it back on today. And I think everything's fine. But if my Windows VM is screwed <laughs> up, I'm going to be pissed because it was a pain. It was a pain to get everything set up the way I like it. You know what I mean? Oh, man. I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to lose it again. And then I made the rust. I can already see that like things accumulate, you know? Yep. And so... Like in a situation you ran into where your drive went bad, like how yep. do we back these things up? How do we how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? All right. So, do you want my honest opinion or do you want the uh, <laughs> you know workaround for now? <laughs> What's your honest opinion? Give me both. Honest give opinion me the honest first. Honest, honest opinion. I'd set up another server and NFS a drive to that and do your backup. Set a backup routine for you know what weekly you think. Yeah, maybe. Maybe every so many days, whatever, and For just our have usage it constant- weekly is probably okay. Yeah, yeah, just just have it, you know, back up every week or whatever. Yeah, um, and do that the quick and dirty way. <laughs> yeah, I would just get a USB, you know, I got drive one. or whatever, yeah, yeah. mount it there, and 
just have that back up so that if now it, it wouldn't it wouldn't save it from like a surge or something like that and that would probably kill yeah. the usb also but it would save it from the vm getting screwed up at least it would be on a separate drive outside of the computer that's what i want because if if i had a power surge or heaven forbid another another liquid cooling accident where i fry a computer <laughs> um i w- the least of my worries would be getting my vms back up i would i would be like oh i got to and I probably wouldn't because this is all like spare parts. If, yeah, if right, a lightning right. strike destroys this motherboard, I'll probably just be like, oh, that was fun while it lasted. But I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to try to fix it. Um, I'll just I would just have to install Windows on a second drive on this PC so I could use Adobe. And then yeah. all the other cool stuff that I did was was just uh, icing on the cake. <laughs> but I but I but I like that idea. So I should mount a I have an external hard drive. It's a two terabyte um, drive. And yep. I could mount it on the as a file system on the uh, on the hypervisor on Proxmox. Yep. And then and then but then how and then can, within Proxmox can I set up a okay backup schedule or do I need to then yeah. run a backup yes. server? Okay. No no no. You can set up a backup schedule in Proxmox. I would I would suggest doing this on the command line if you can find the commands to do all this because mm-hmm. to do it in the GUI is is a pain in the neck because on Proxmox you have let me see here. I'll go to mine. So you have like the top level, which is data center. Then you have your Proxmox, you know, PVE, whatever the node. Yeah. And you have to switch between those to actually set up your backup, um, your uh, mount point or whatever you want to call it, your file system, or your mount point. And it's a pain in the neck. It's doable, but I, it, I just do it on the command line and just do the commands, um, you know, to, to set that up. Cause it's, uh, let me see here. I, I I can't remember what the commands are for that, but yeah, that's that's what I would I do personally. The yeah, they have they have a whole what do you want to call it? Um, now document, that I, uh, documentation on that. Gotcha. Now that I know that it exists, I can I can I can find instructions on how to do it, and then whenever I know how to do it, we'll talk about it more. Yeah, on the show, but. Um, let me see here. I'm like having trouble. Oh, there we go. I was trying to get back to our podcast, but I couldn't. I couldn't find Riverside. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's that's what I would do because I literally just did that like an hour ago. I was I was. Oh really? Moving. Well, we can move into the next. Just the last little thing I want to say is. Yeah. So I originally installed Proxmox Eight, and yeah. for some reason I was having network issues with it. Like randomly it would be like maybe like an hour or two hours the network uh the um web interface would just die and it'd be like you know nothing nothing you couldn't connect to it at all and so the system wouldn't crash it was just the network connection like i hooked the monitor up to the system and i was still logged in and everything was fine yeah but I just, I still to the, to, couldn't figure it out. I'm going to do a bug report. I got the syslog and all that stuff, and I'm going to, I'm going to do a bug report. But I went back to Proxmox 7.4 just to test to see if that's going to do the same thing. Now, I don't think it will because I never had that problem on 7.4 before, but yeah, I'm going to try that for now. So far, I have it up and it hasn't gone down this entire video. So that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I could still log in. Um, but yeah, yeah, the setting up the setting up the uh, file system and all that stuff on the GUI on the web interface is just back and forth. You know, you got to oh, you can only do this part of it in this in yeah. the data center part. And oh, you got to do this in the you know, it's it's yeah. 
it, you it's doable just a pain it's like four commands if you don't right. <laughs> if you don't do it through the gui yeah i use that cheat sheet website to get through that um yeah but anyway, I, yeah, that was the last thing I wanted to say. I saw in the show notes uh, last week where you mentioned that it was it was dying after it was just randomly cutting off. Yeah, that's yep. that's what you're trying to fix with this roll. Yeah, I'm trying seven. to see if if Proxmox Eight for some reason on my hardware that I have is just having issues because I've only found maybe four or five instances of this online that I could see that this exact problem was happening. And nobody had a fix for it. Um, so I just want to, I want to do the bug report and then see what happens there. Well, yeah, I, I the next thing I want to get into is um, lighting in this room. I want to work on yeah some podcast lighting, some mood lighting. Yeah, I got, I got some lighting. I got some lighting I want to install too. I just got to <laughs> So that's, yeah, I want to, that's what I wanted to look into is right now I have a, I got this like strip from Lowe's and it's like some like weird, like, you know, app yeah. you have to install to operate it. And then this light bulb over here is a, a hue, which I probably keep the Phillips hues. Um, but yeah, they're I, pretty nice. I want to make, I want to make my own led strip uh, uh, or a controller. I don't know if I can connect this mm-hmm. to another controller, but yeah, I'm looking into how do I set all that stuff up on home assistant? and mm-hmm. um set up a, a a vm for that so that's that's the next thing i'm going to start working on is instead of having a, a ring app and a uh you know philips hughes app and you know yep. all these different apps and then what i usually do just to round them all up at one place is i collect them to i connect them to uh um the Schmishmexa. i can't say it because she's always listening <laughs> um, lady tube uh yeah the lady tubes um I put everything there just so I have it all in one app, but I want right. something I can control myself, you know, and it's just more fun that mm-hmm. way. And I'm not like, you know, I'm not like, like, um, obviously I have all those apps. I don't mind, like, I don't mind using third party apps, but I would rather host it myself. And yeah, one, it's more fun. And, yep. and two, I can tailor it to what the way I want to use it. Whereas like, right. I hate the interface that is on, on the lady tube app <laughs> that I can't say <laughs> I, I hate the interface for it. It's like so cumbersome. You have to, you have to click like, Oh yeah, things. I know it's, and it's I never bad. talk to it. You know what I mean? I only ever use the app and Oh really? Okay. Yeah. See, I was the opposite. I only ever talked to it. I never used the app because I couldn't that's stand the way it. It's intended. Yeah. That's the way it's intended, but I just feel like an idiot walking around my house talking to it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have any of the like, grouping setup so i have to say everything individual like you know oh yeah. see i did all that i set up all the grouping yeah, and all that stuff and whatnot i haven't done any of that well, i want I, I don't use it anymore i that i've gotten rid of <laughs> the way i hope that it works is the way the uh arduino internet of things works is where you, yeah you can build a like little widget interface with on off switches Yep. You know, and then you program what you want you, those yeah, to do. Yeah. That's, that's basically what you can do with Home Assistant with the okay. app. That's exactly you, you what I want. You can have like switches yeah. and stuff like that. Um, they actually are working on a voice assistant for Home for home. Yeah, assistant. I've heard that. Yeah. I'll never use and it, so I don't care. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, but if you did want to use it, supposedly it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, um, I just want to. And even if I could, uh, um, you know, they make physical, smart physical switches. Even if I yeah. just had a, a podcast button right by my light yep. switch, and whenever I come yep. in here to do the podcast, I hit that button, and, and everything just moves the way you want it. Yep. Yeah, and you know what I do 
whenever I'm not doing the podcast and I want light, I don't use overhead lights anymore. I always use this strip here and that lamp there. I just turn it to white in a hundred percent and that lights up the room, you know? Yeah. Enough. Right. And so I could, I could set all that up on switches and just, just do that. It sounds like a pretty solid, uh, solid idea to do. Um, yeah, I had that all set up at the old apartment, but this one, I just never got around to it because I don't think we're going to be here for too much longer at this point. And I don't yeah. feel like setting that all up now and um, yeah, I hear uh, you. moving. But at the same time, at the same time, I could set it all up now, make sure I label everything. All right. We've been rambling too long. This is uh, the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Please like and subscribe. Do all that stuff. Thanks to the new listeners that came in on the last episode. And hopefully we get some new ones on this one. And we will see you next week. Peace. See ya.